Hey everyone, it's Rich Warner from WealthMaxBuilder.com. Glad you could be with me today. Today I'd like to review an important concept when it comes to evaluating fund selection. You know, it may be a little bit confusing these days for many investors because you have a lot of funds to choose from. You have tens of thousands of mutual funds, and these days you also have tens of thousands of ETFs or exchange-traded funds, which are often the cousins or sisters of their mutual fund counterparts. So it can get really confusing. And in terms of strategy, as far as your own portfolios are concerned, I plan on doing another video um, sort of emphasizing the strengths and weaknesses of each approach. But in today's video, I'd like to share with you a, a particular discovery that I made that's often a little bit confusing um, in knowing how to evaluate and compare uh, fund performances between ETFs and their mutual fund counterparts. And I've selected two uh, funds from Vanguard in the fixed income uh, sector of the fixed income market um, as part of our evaluation. So let's head on over to Morningstar.com. And uh, after you click out the uh, advertisement boxes, you should get a screen that looks something like this. And in the search box, type in the ticker VCIT. Okay. And you should be able to pull up uh, the Vanguard Intermediate Term Corporate Bond ETF. Now, ETF, once again, stands for uh, Exchange Traded Fund. And ETFs are basically like mutual funds, except that they can trade during the trading day. You can actually enter buy or sell orders. Uh, yes, you can even sell short ETFs if you choose. I don't recommend it at all, by the way, but you could do that if you wanted to. So you could enter in your orders during the trading day. You could literally get in at 9.30 or 9.35, uh, 10 o'clock, and if you wanted to take profits uh, by noon, you could do that with an ETF. You could not do that with a mutual fund because mutual funds, first of all, uh, you can only buy mutual funds and liquidate existing mutual fund positions. You can't sell them short. And your trade orders for mutual funds, whether it be to build up uh, positions in them or to liquidate, redeem them, um, <clears throat> must be executed after the market close. So some, somewhere a little bit after 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But for our analysis here, we just want to compare and see with whether we're better off going with the mutual fund or with the ETF. And this is an intermediate term corporate bond ETF, as I mentioned, ticker symbol VCIT. And as you see here, it's trading for $91.79 per share, which is slightly above the net asset value of the fund, which is typical for most ETFs. They trade usually for very tiny premiums or discounts, uh, depending on the liquidity of the fund and how actively it's traded. They rarely trade exactly for the NAVs. But that's just for this example. And as we can see that the total assets under management amounts to $25.3 billion. And it has a very, very competitive expense ratio. And this is what we want to see as investors. We really want to keep our expense fees for these funds in our investment portfolios as low as possible. And Vanguard happens to be one of the most competitive uh, fund families out there. And the fund that I'm comparing it to is the Vanguard Intermediate Term Investment Grade uh, Mutual Fund, ticker symbol is VFICX. 
Now, as you notice, the expense ratio for this particular mutual fund is 20 basis points. So it's almost three times as expensive, but still very reasonable uh, for a fixed income fund. And it has about 32 billion under management. So let's compare the performances, shall we? If we start with VCIT, the ETF, um, and we click on performance, we get the um, performance graph of the fund. So this blue line, which shows the performance of the fund, is really showing you the growth of $10,000 beginning at the start of 2010. So that's nine years of performance here. And that $10,000, including dividends, would grow to something just under $18,000, okay? So that's a cumulative 80% return about since the beginning of 2010. Now, if we pull up the um, mutual fund version of this fund from Vanguard, this investment grade bond fund, by clicking on performance, we get a similar looking chart here with its um, average annual total returns here. Um, but notice that this particular fund is a little bit older than its ETF counterpart. The ETF VCIT only started trading in 2010. So it's got a full year less uh, information than its uh, mutual fund counterpart, which begins in 2009. So the mutual fund has had an additional year of positive performance of 17, 18%, as you see here, 17.73%. And it's grown the original $10,000 to uh, something around $19,000. So that's about a 90% cumulative return versus our ETF version, um, which had only um, eight years to uh, grow. And it's grown to something slightly under $18,000. So there's our first problem. You don't always have the same start dates. And therefore, you have to be very careful that you're comparing apples to apples and not some different time frame, which is going to give you different visual uh, graphs uh, or charts. Performance charts here uh, for VFICX looks a little bit more impressive because it takes you to 19,000, whereas its ETF counterpart, which began a year later, only takes you to about 18,000. So a quick and dirty look at these two charts may lead you to believe that the VFICX, the mutual fund version, is better, when in fact it's not. The good news is that this particular page on Morningstar, as I mentioned, includes dividends reinvestment. And this is a major difference between ETFs and mutual funds. With mutual funds, you can actually check a box when you purchase it to tell the brokerage firm wherever you've got your your account, whether it be an IRA account or regular brokerage account or 401k or traditional IRA, Roth, whatever, you could check a box for dividend reinvestment or automatic dividend reinvestment programs. Uh, sometimes they're called DRIP, but DRIP actually applies more for stock dividend reinvestment than mutual funds per se. But the concept of dividend reinvestment is still the same. At Schwab and Fidelity, and at most brokerage firms where you buy mutual funds, all you have to do is just check a box when you make the purchase, notifying them that you want the dividends to be reinvested into your positions. For maximum growth, you want those dividends to be plowed back into buying additional shares of that fund. Now, if you happen to be a retiree, for example, 
and you're living from the dividends that are generated by these fixed income funds or equity dividend funds or stocks that generate dividends, you may not want to reinvest the dividends. In that case, you don't want to check the dividend reinvestment box. You want the cash flows from the dividends to uh, sit in your account in a money market fund of some sort, some liquid cash uh, fund that brokerage funds typically have. And then from there, you're going to um, electronic wire transfer or just transfer uh, the money into your checking account, let's say, from the brokerage account to your checking account to help pay for, you know, living expenses and personal needs on a regular basis. So that's more typical for retirees and seniors who have to live off of dividend income that's generated by these funds. But if you're a younger investor, you definitely want to take advantage of dividend reinvestment. Okay, and that's important. And the key thing that I like to say here is that, you know, ETFs make it harder to do that. ETFs are not designed for automatic dividend reinvestment. Now, there are a few ETFs out there these days that enable you to, to buy partial shares even of ETFs, but they're few and far between. For the most part, mutual funds have a tremendous advantage over ETFs when it comes to automatic dividend reinvestment. Like I said, all you do is you check the box for DRIP, for DRIP, Automatic Dividend Reinvestment. And once you've checked that box, the amount of money that are generated by the dividends actually purchases fractional shares of the mutual fund. You cannot purchase fractional shares of an ETF. If this particular ETF trades for uh, $71 a share, then you have to wait until you get $71 in dividend income to purchase an additional share of this particular ETF. So that's one of the disadvantages of ETFs. And you have to actually remember to take the cash that's sitting in your account, in the case of ETFs, you have to take that cash and remember to purchase additional shares. Whereas with mutual funds, it's all on autopilot. But as we notice in this particular case, and this is very typical, the mutual fund has an expense ratio that is 20 basis points, which is three times that of VCIT, which is only seven basis points. So the ETFs are cheaper, typically, than their mutual fund counterparts. The trade-off, again, is uh, despite the fact that ETFs are cheaper as far as expense ratios are concerned, they're harder to manage when it comes to drip. So if you are younger and you're not interested in having to, you know, on a monthly basis, check the cash balances in your accounts and see where you're going to purchase additional ETS for the next month, etc. If you're not into that constant rebalancing of your portfolio because of the dividend streams, then I highly encourage you, even though it's, you know, 20 basis points versus seven basis points, go with the mutual fund because it's a lot less headaches. Just check the drip box and you're set. You're on autopilot for dividend reinvestments. But the next major point I'd like to cover in this video has to do with evaluating uh, mutual fund versus uh, ETF performance. When we click on performance, we notice that the blue line on Morningstar for the fund, which represents the uh, uh, dividend reinvestment path of the fund invested in, 
Um, this is accurate information. And by the way, I checked the um, dividend information on uh, from the historical data on Yahoo Finance, which is a great website that I recommend. If you have any doubts about the um, dividend versus the closing price of funds and the historical performance data with and without dividend reinvesting, um, go to Yahoo Finance, type in the ticker of your fund, whether mutual fund or ETF or stock, doesn't matter, or bond, and then click on historical data. And you should be able to pull up for a particular date range, um, which I did for both funds in this case. And I discovered that um, the data is in fact accurate between uh, VCIT and VFICX for the mutual fund charts here, uh, the ones here uh, available on the performance screens. Where I did have a problem, however, and this is the key point the second of the second part of this video, is when you click on show interactive chart and you click on, for example, maximum to show the maximum history of this particular fund, you'll see the ETF fund performance of the price of the fund. It does not show you the dividend reinvestment part. So when I compare this long-term chart of the ETF VCIT, and then I compare it to VFICX, which is the mutual fund version, look what happens. The mutual fund, which is the red line or orange line, shows the dividend reinvestment, whereas the ETF does not show it. The price movement, actually, the, the wiggles and the jaggedness of the lines tells me that it's pretty much the same fund in terms of its composition of corporate bonds, investment-grade corporates. But, of course, over time, the thing that's separating the red line from the blue line is the fact that the mutual fund has the dividends reinvested while the ETF does not. So you're not comparing apples to apples in this interactive chart. And this is a major problem. Let's do this with another uh, fixed income ETF from Vanguard as an example. Let's type in BND, which is the Vanguard total bond market. It's very similar to the Barclays aggregate uh, bond index ETF, AGG. Very, very similar, BND. But it has a very super low expense ratio, 0.035%. And we're gonna compare it to its mutual fund counterpart at Vanguard, ticker symbol is VBMFX, okay? And this is the mutual fund counterpart of the ETF. VBMFX, adjusted expense ratio, is 15 basis points. That's almost five times as much as the BND, which is the ETF counterpart. It's the same exact fund, but one is the mutual fund version, and the other one is the ETF version. You know, for almost five times more of a fee, 20 basis... 15 basis points versus 3.5 basis points a year, which is next to nothing. I must, I must concede, I'm not picking hairs here. I'm just trying to show you that there is a, a difference in investing between the two when it comes to expenses. But the other key difference, again, between the ETF and the mutual fund version is this whole concept of dividend reinvesting. So once again, let's go to performance here for BND. And, uh, but I want to show the a comparison of one fund against another. So I click on the interactive chart. I click on maximum range uh, for this particular ETF. And I'm gonna compare it to its mutual fund sister counterpart, 
ticker symbol VBMFX, which is the Vanguard Total Bond Market Index a mutual fund. And once again, as we notice, the red line, which is the mutual fund version of this fund, is visually trying to tell me that it way outperforms the ETF, which isn't true. I've checked the performance data on Yahoo, and clearly this blue line does not show the dividend reinvestment, whereas the orange red line does. And that's the key point that I want to make. The second key point of this video is that you have to be really, really, really careful when you're pulling up fund performances and trying to compare ETFs versus um, mutual funds. Now, Morningstar happens to be a website that I trust um, as far as their research and their analytics and information is concerned. But I do believe that in this particular example, their interactive chart should not allow this to happen. In this interactive charting service here on Morningstar, where you can compare fund performances, it is totally unfair to give investors the wrong impression as though the ETF version is not the way to go. It seems to me that Morningstar seems to be plugging the mutual fund versions or mutual funds in general over ETFs. That seems to be the message that I'm getting. Why they don't fix this is rather unfair, as I mentioned. It's misleading average investors into thinking that the ETF is a so much worse version of the investment strategy than its mutual fund counterpart. And I would strongly suggest that Morningstar get its act together and straighten this interactive chart business out because it's not fair. Now, if you happen to be a sophisticated fund analyst, then you're gonna see this chart and notice the wiggles and squiggles like I did and say to yourself, oh, okay, it's basically the same chart and the difference must be the dividends. And sure enough, when you go to Yahoo Finance, go to the historical data, key in your ticker, download a spreadsheet of all the data on your fund, as I've done for these particular funds, and you can then compare and notice that, yes, the ETF, in fact, does an excellent job uh, when you factor in the dividends. So that's pretty much what I had to say um, in this video, and I hope you enjoyed it. Please give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the WealthMax Builder channel so you can get more videos like this where I share other insights about investing. Oh, and don't forget that on the WealthMax Builder website, uh, you can find links to all these videos as well as on the YouTube channel. But I also have books for sale uh, that you may be interested in. Uh, my latest book on personal finance for progressive thinkers is a very good book. It shows you how to uh, manage your money properly, how to budget your money, um, how to invest in appreciating assets uh, as opposed to depreciating assets. A lot of things to be aware of. So this book on personal finance is something I recently wrote and I highly recommend. And there's also my Essentials of Investing ebook as well as a video course that I have for sale. And it's worth checking out because in this particular Essentials of Investing book, I actually show you a very competitive um, passive asset allocation model, which you may be interested in. It holds its own during bear markets and bull markets, and it generates uh, decent positive real returns. It's very well balanced, much more balanced, in my opinion, than 
most of the target date funds that are out there. Now I'm going to do another video on target date fund investing, where I'm going to show you um, many good examples of target date funds that you can invest in if you want to, but also things you should be very, very careful of. I happen to much prefer the ability to use ETFs myself to construct my own portfolios and asset allocations, and I've got them balanced in such a way that um, I feel are much better uh, than the target date funds that are available out there. I hope you stay tuned. Remember, subscribe to the YouTube channel and sign up to my email list so you'll be notified about any upcoming videos that I have. Thank you so much for watching. This is Rich Warner once again from WealthMaxBuilder.com. Hope you have a great day.